Amen. 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 Let's thank the band one more time for leading us in worship. Let's thank them. Come on, one more round of applause. Thank these guys. So I know I have one main job today, and that is to say wiggle worms. But hold on, kids, just hold your horses. Before I do that, because I don't know if some of my nieces and nephews are leaving, I want to introduce some people. And so I'd like to welcome my mom and dad. And so they're here, right here. And then my sister and my brother-in-law, who are not just my sister and brother-in-law, but some of my best friends in the world, and they're kiddos. And so uh, we have Chance, who can run a mile probably faster than me. We have Faith, who can do more backflips than anybody I know. And we have Grace, who's the best cheerleader I've ever met. And so I want to welcome my family. And then my sister is uh, watching on Facebook Live back in Houston. And so I just want to welcome my family. If y'all would welcome them. They cool? Now, kids, if you'd like to go to Wiggle Worms, you can go with Miss Amy. And now my job here is done. I at least got the kids to Wiggle Worms, all right? And so uh, they're making their way that way. As they make their way that way, if you don't know me and if I don't know you, uh, my name is Jared Greer. I lead a ministry called Overcoming Obstacles Ministries. We live here in Grandview. We do life here at church. And so today is a special day. got to baptize Bennett. It's his birthday. It's Father's Day. I get to preach. I mean, this is just a good day. So very happy to be here. Very happy to share. I've got a couple things on my heart today. I want to really just do, um, I was going to say three things, but now that Wiggle Worms is over, I've got two more things left to do. All right. I'm going to share an update on overcoming obstacles just because I know so many of you pray for us. So many of you um, support us in so many ways. And so we just wanted to share kind of what has been going on and where we're at and what God's doing. Um, a lot of exciting stuff there, but also I want to talk about revival. And uh, so I don't know about you, but I see God moving right now in our midst in a big way. And, and just with our traveling and stuff like that, I just really believe we could be like on the cusp of a revival, seeing God's people return to him, seeing people get saved, stuff like that. And so I am excited about that. But with all that being said, I'd like to pray that God will speak to us because I know I don't have anything worthwhile to say on my own. So let's bow and let's pray. Father God, this morning, I acknowledge you. And God, I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that you will show us what we need to hear, what we need to see, and help us to hear what we need to hear. And God, I pray that this morning, I pray that you will help us to, to not just have a normal church day. I, I pray that every time we come in this building, that we do encounter you in a, in a fresh way. We encounter you in a powerful way. But I know for myself, and I would venture to guess for others, sometimes we just do good to just make it into the building <laughs> um, with the craziness of getting kids dressed and breakfast and, and, and all that to just make it in. And, and I pray that, that our brains won't be checked out and just kind of make it through and just go through the motions, but that we will encounter you for real. I pray that your word will revive us. I pray that your presence will revive us. And I pray that you will do a mighty work right now in our hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So just to give you an update on overcoming obstacles, um, if you don't know what we do, we're kind of crazy. Uh, we take a obstacle course, and it's like American Ninja Warrior. We take it around to churches, to camps, um, to schools, 
and we use it as a way to share Jesus. And I think most of you know that, and it's been really awesome. I just love to give the update. Every I get to preach for Corey, I don't know, once or twice a year, and every time I do, I get to kind of give you the, the updated numbers, and every time I do, I feel like it's crazy, just the exponential amount of people who are receiving Christ. And so I just wanted to throw those on the screen for you. You can see we've done 230 events. Yeah, I'll have to cheat as well. Um, 230 events. We've seen 61,135 people play on our obstacles, which means that those people have heard about Jesus. And so a lot of those people are probably already Christians. So those people, we encourage to overcome whatever they're facing. If they're already believers, we encourage them to, to just identify and, and, and just to, to be aware of whatever obstacle they're facing, but to overcome it through faith in Jesus. But then we also present the gospel. And we have seen 1,950 people get saved, y'all. Like, that's pretty awesome. Let's give glory to God for that. So, now, I'm just going to, I get a little bit real. Like, now that I'm not on church staff, I just say what I want. Is that okay? Is that right? And so, uh, and so um, I, uh, I did that when I was on church staff, too, but a little bit more now. So, I, I, I've seen a lot of evangelists that, uh, that are like, hey, everyone in the room, do you believe in Jesus? And then everyone raises their hand. Go ahead and raise your hand. If, if you believe in Jesus, raise your hand. Let's see it. All right, awesome. Good deal. All right, and then some evangelists, then they just like count all those hands that they got saved. You know what I'm saying? Y'all seen that before? All right, they're like, the whole room received Christ today. And you're like, that guy was 80 and he's been in church for 60 years. You know, like, whatever. But like, the reality is, that some guys do it that way to pad their stats, you know, to make it look like they're having a lot of salvations. That's not what we do. Just in case you wonder, if you've ever been at an Overcoming Obstacles event, like we clearly share the gospel that none of us can get to God on our own. We are all broken. We are all sinners. We're all born into sin and none of us can fix ourselves. We're in brokenness. And that we can try all day to fix ourselves. We can try all sorts of things to numb our brokenness. But at the end of the day, we're still broken. And the only way to be forgiven, the only way to be made right with God is because God has acted on our behalf. Amen? God has done a mighty work. God sent Jesus. And Jesus came down to earth and he never sinned. And he willingly laid his life down for us. We deserve to be punished for our sin. We deserve to die for our sin. But Jesus willingly laid down his life for us. And then three days later, we know what happened. He rose from the dead and he offers to all people that you can be made right with God. You can have forgiveness. You can see what, what Bennett showed us this morning. He shared the gospel this morning without saying a word. He stood in there and he said, I used to be dead. But then when I turned from sin and I believed in Jesus, the old person died. He was buried and he was raised to walk in newness of life. And that is the only way to be saved is to turn from your sin, to believe in Jesus and to be forgiven. And so we present that at our events. And, and, and I'll be honest with y'all, like if a whole, whole bunch of kids say that they want to receive Jesus, I'm super excited, but I'm also a little skeptical. So we ask a lot of questions. We encourage the church to follow up because we're not just about saying, hey, we've had 1,950 kids receive Jesus. We're about saying, are people really giving their life to Christ, right? Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see real conversion. I want to see the, the, the real decisions because we don't have time to play games. Ephesians 5.15 says to make the most of our time because the days are evil. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's what it, it looks like to me is we're living in these really, really tough, broken, unique, weird times. And we need Christians to be real and genuine. That's what we need right now. And I'm going to get to that part of the sermon in a minute about revival. But that's what we're hoping to see at our events. And it's just been so cool. Uh, I've got a couple cool stories just lately. We've seen some cool stuff happen. If you know about our warped wall, does anyone in the room know how tall it is? Any kids? Yell it out if you know how tall. What, what's how, how many feet? Anyone know? I know you know. You're my son, right? Anybody? Anybody else know? Who knows? What'd you say? 
15, all right? It's 15 feet tall, right? It's really tall. If you've ever watched American Ninja Warrior, you're like, oh, that's a cool wall. Looks, not, you know, pretty easy. But when you see it in person, it's tall, all right? It's really, really tall. And so we've had several guys beat our wall, but we had never had a girl beat our wall until recently. And it was really, really awesome. We were in Austin. This girl uh, played basketball at a 6A school, and she just kind of sized it up. And then, y'all want to see it? Would you like to see that? All right, let's, 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 let's watch that goodness right here. And so we were going crazy um, celebrating that because, man, a lot of times we look at these things in life, we think that's not possible. Like we think that I can't do this or God couldn't use me to do this or that. Can I just tell y'all, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit God, that God can do anything through you. That girl was like five foot eight, had never tried that ever. She did it once, almost got it. And she was like, I think I can do this. And then that, did you see those girls? Like that was the basketball team, team building day. We didn't get to share Jesus, but I think we definitely shared Jesus. You know what I mean? Like we got to encourage them in so many ways. And, and then a lot of them came back for an event later. It was so awesome. It was so good. It was just so moving. And, and so we, we just, it's crazy to see that God can overcome anything. You can overcome anything through the power of Jesus in your life. And it's wonderful to go in and let kids hear that, but then to do some obstacles and experience it is so cool. Uh, another cool story, we were at a church in San Antonio um, about a month ago, and it was a whole bunch of kids, and, and it was a church that had really prepared hard for it, and we ended up seeing 58 teenagers in one place give their life to Christ, which was so crazy. It was so awesome. Um, we were so excited about that. And then uh, about two weeks ago, we were in Waco, and uh, there's an organization called No Limitations. That's kind of a good fit to work with overcoming obstacles, right? And No Limitations is a group that helps special needs kids. And, and, and we've never put on a special needs event with our course because it's so big and so just, you know, kind of dangerous. And we we're like, not sure how that would work. But this group um, wanted to, uh, to raise some funds for their organization, their nonprofit. And so we partnered together. My friend Justin Hobbs has a, a nephew who's autistic. And he was like, dude, um, let's put on this event for this community. And Waco showed up, and they raised a bunch of money for them. It was so cool. Um, but I don't know if seeing some of these pictures of these kids, man, we had like 15 guys who have been on American Ninja Warrior show up and just like carry kids to the course. It was so much fun. I mean, that's like the coolest picture to me right there. She's just like gymnast, nailed it. It was awesome. But just seeing how, how God is giving us, you know, those direct moments where I get to share the gospel and 58 teenagers give their life to Christ. But then some of these indirect moments where we're more like in a community situation and then one-on-one -on -one conversations happen as we just share love, you know, just share love. And I want to encourage you today, and, and, and I always get ahead of myself when I preach, but I want to encourage you today to think about, you know, yes, you need to share Jesus directly, but a lot of the conversations will come when you just do your thing for the glory of God. When you do your, your job, you use your gifts, your talents, your personality, kids, if you like video games, like whatever it is, so you connect with somebody, but then you can share Jesus. And so that's what's happening. It's been crazy. Um, and one thing that I heard back in January, this quote at this conference, that we feel like we're trying to live out, and I think we are, and I think this applies to our church body as well, is that when the right people are in the right place at the right time, the right things happen. Don't catch that? The right people 
the right place, at the right time, the right things happen. God is glorified. He's impacted through you, and hopefully he impacts you inside of your heart. I believe, First Baptist Grandview, that the right people are in this room right now. At the right time, right place, so we can see God do some amazing things. I believe that God is moving in a really amazing way right now, and I want to speak on revival. What do you think of when you hear the word revival? Just get that picture in your mind for a minute. What do you think of? For me, when I first started thinking about revival recently, I thought of Billy Graham. Anybody else go there? Anybody think of Billy Graham? All right, right there. Yeah, think of Billy Graham. I know my dad rededicated his life at a Billy Graham crusade, and that changed him forever. I mean, that is revival. That happened for you. That is revival. What happened with Billy Graham, it's incredible. That's revival. Uh, for me, somewhat, I think of loud preaching. Does anybody else get that? Anybody get loud preaching in their mind? You know, like, just Jesus, and then heaven, hell, fire, brimstone, you know, all that stuff. Um, I think of that a little bit. Uh, with revival, I, I think of, of some of those things. Anybody think of a big tent? Anybody ever go to a big tent revival? That's, that's pretty cool, right? A big tent revival. Like, we think of different things. And to a degree, um, that is what revival is. Gathering together, believing that God is going to move in a powerful way. I will tell you, just from my personal experience right now, I am seeing God move in a powerful way. I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm not here to, to figure it out, but I don't know if it's because COVID happened and people need answers. I don't know if it's because of politics and all the other stuff that we could talk about forever. I don't know why, but I'll just tell you from what I'm seeing, people are receptive to the gospel. What I'm seeing right now is people want answers. And then I'll talk to my other friends. I've got about 10 or 12 other guys to travel and speak that I'm starting to build a relationship with. And they're like, dude, we're seeing so many people respond to the gospel. And I'm just sitting here wondering, what is God doing? Obviously, God always wants people to get saved, right? Always. He's always moving. He's always stirring hearts. I believe he draws every single person who's ever been created towards himself. That God wants all to come to repentance. That's biblical. That God is moving. But there seems to be these unique times throughout history where he's moved in these big ways and lots of people have received Christ. I haven't studied all the revivals of past history, but I've studied some. And some of the ones I see, you know, a lot of stuff happens through teenagers. A lot of stuff happens just whenever just certain place prays like crazy and then boom, God moves in a big way. And so I just got interested in this word revival. Everybody say revival. Let's do it again. Revival. I got interested in that word. I just do that to keep you engaged because I know I would be asleep by now, all right? Revival. I got interested in the word because I want to be a part of it. I want revival in my heart. I want revival in my family. I want revival in my church. I want revival in my community. And I want it all over the nation and all over the world. Amen? Amen? Y'all don't make... I, first service, really struggled with this back and forth. Let's... Let's get on with this, all right? Amen? All right. I'll preach way longer if uh, y'all don't get with it, right? <laughs> I want to be a part of it. I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. And I know for me, my flesh is weak. I know that I'm a sinner. I know I get distracted. I know I get off of God's path here and there. And I want to be more consistent. I want to be a part of a revival. And so as I, as I looked at that word, 
I said, you know what, I'm going to do a word study on the word revival in the Bible. And I found that it's used a lot. It's, it's um, also used just in another form, revive. Sometimes you could even do a whole other word study on the word restore. So if anybody likes to do that sort of thing, I'd encourage you to, to do that. There's a cool little app called Blue Letter Bible. You can check that out online or just get the app. But it's just a pretty good uh, tool to help you look up stuff pretty quickly. But I wanted to look up revival, revive, to see what, what the Bible had to say about that. And when I study that, it seems to be the definition is the same as our English term, just to bring back to life or to restore something to what it once was. And so I, it's not this unique word where it has a different meaning, like sometimes Hebrew and Greek words do. It's pretty much the same as, as in my understanding, in my study, that's the same as what we mean, to bring back to life, to restore something to what it once was. So as I looked at that and I read several places, I mean, I can kind of give you a few if you're somebody who likes to take notes. Um, I've got a few passages that, that you can look at. It's like Ezra chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 4, Psalm 71, Psalm 80, Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, it basically is like, revive us according to your word, over and over. Just revive us according to your word. One of the things, as, as we kind of go on this journey of talking about revival right now, one of the things that is, that is absolutely essential is that we have to get into the Word of God. Amen? Amen? We'll get there. Revival. Psalm 119, I just was like, man, it was overwhelming. I, I've, I've studied that chapter and taught on that chapter a lot. I love that chapter. But that it comes from the Word. And there's several other places. I only saw the word once in the New Testament, and that was from, maybe there's another version that would use it, but I found it in Philippians 4.10 if you wanted to check that out. But each place it seems to be saying that God is wanting people to come back to life or to be restored back to what they once were. So then it kind of brought a new question in my mind. Who is revival for? Who is revival for? And as I thought about that, you know, like we talked about with Billy Graham, like we talked about with Big Tents Revivals, those sort of things, it seems like in a revival, people get saved. So it's almost like, is a revival for the lost? And, and I would venture to say yes and no, because the lost can't be brought back to what they once were, right? Like they're not saved yet, so they just need to be brought back. To, they just need to be brought to life for the first time. A revival seems to be for God's people. And then when God's people are brought back to life or when God's people are restored to what they once were, it seems like a byproduct of that is people get saved. Does that make sense? God's people return. People around them say, what's different? How can I be a part of that? And then they want to turn from sin and believe in Jesus and be saved. And so as I studied it, I thought, okay, revival is for us. Like if you're a Christian, who is revival for? It's, it's for believers. Believers who have maybe strayed, maybe got away from the word, maybe got away from that daily walk with the Lord, maybe got involved in some sins, and you would use that old school word like backslidden, like whatever you have done to, to get away from God. Revival is for us. And when I look at our, our country, when I just look at, you know, the brokenness around me, I think, I want to be in a revival. I want to be in a in a family that is totally brought back to life and full of joy, just pursuing the things of God. I want to be in a church, which I believe our church is a church that loves God. I believe that our church is a church that's 
doing great things. I believe our church wants to be in a revival. But I'll just say what I think. Like, I think we can be better. Amen? I think we can be better. I think that we can reach people better. I think that we can be more efficient in reaching people with the love of Jesus. We can be more efficient at leading our own families. I know I can. That we can be more efficient at serving. We can volunteer more. Like, there's so many things, so many areas. And I, I know I'm saying a lot right now. So many areas that we can be better. And I, I just encourage you to think, how can I be better? Because before we think, oh, the church, could, because all of us are good at saying, well, the church should do better at this. The church should do better at that. We're all really good at pointing that out. Revival begins with the Lord. But then, as far as practicality, playing it out here, revival begins with me. Revival begins with me. We can all point fingers at how it could be better, but revival begins with who? With who? Me. With me. I had a, an amazing man of God named John Richard who went to my church in Richardson um, back when we worked there for about four years or so. He was 90 years old, um, an older Indian man who had received Christ in India and then started doing a, just a worldwide ministry. And he literally spent his day praying and reading the Bible. So I was like, anytime I needed advice, I was like, hey, John, teach me everything. You know, <laughs> like, just pray for me, you know. And he, he prayed and read the Bible. And then one day he just kind of told me, because we were talking about having a revival service at our church. And you just very gently got quiet. And, and whenever he got quiet, the room got quiet. And you could tell he was about to speak. Everyone listened. He just said, revival begins with me. And it just hits you in a different way that, that it's easy to point the fingers. It's easy to say, man, our world is so messed up. Politics and this and that. And da, 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 da. Number one, we can't expect goats to act like sheep. Amen? People who are lost, let's just focus on us for a minute, get ourselves right, and then as we get right, hopefully they'll follow and receive Jesus. Amen? Can't expect goats to act like sheep. And so instead of worrying about all that out there, Instead of worrying about the problems that we can point out in our church or in our community, let's get our hearts right. I see a pattern throughout Scripture in these passages that I read with the word revival or revive, but then also in several other passages. That there's this pattern that when people experienced revival, it followed this pattern. If you'll turn with me to Psalm 85, we'll start to wrap up. And all God's people said amen. Psalm 85. It'll be on the screen, but if you have your Bible, I encourage you to, to look at it for yourself as well. If you want to go ahead and have your finger also on James 4, we'll dive over there as well. It's Psalm 85 and James 4. Psalm 85 verse 1 says this, You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. These first couple of verses, I feel like the psalmist is saying, this is what it used to be like. The, the, the people of God, the Israelites, the Jews, that they were quick to notice their sin and to repent, and that God turned his anger from them, and that they lived basically at in in peace with God and, and, and with each other. It's like he's remembering that. And then, now he's kind of going into where he is now. 
saying it used to be good, but then verse 4. As I read verse 4, listen to it from your own personal walk with God and listen to it for your family, listen to it for our church, listen to it for our world. It says this, Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Like, there's an element of humility here, guys. Like, right now, I, I don't know about you, it's easy just to go, 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 and, and just to kind of control your life, control, control your schedule. But I'm asking just, I'm trying even as well to just pause, humble yourself, and read this from a place of humility that it says, Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. And that's that's the heart of it. And it used to be good. I remember when, when I was close to the Lord, I remember I was following him, but now I, I acknowledge where I am. I acknowledge that it's not perfect. Restore me, God. Please forgive me. And then verse 8, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. And I just see those verses there saying, God, restore us, restore us. Does anybody hate the brokenness of our world right now? Anybody who's really uncomfortable with that? I'm really uncomfortable. You all, y'all are comfortable with the brokenness? Is anyone, uh, y'all can raise your hand. We can, we can, I, I just think it keeps you awake a little bit, all right? I, I hate the brokenness of our world right now. It, it bothers me to the, to the depths to, of my soul, to my core. And when I'm in my right mind and I'm close to the Lord, I want to do something about it, you know? I want to do something about it. And so I think the first place is to say, God, restore me. Verse 10 says, love and faithfulness. This is such a cool picture. See it in your mind. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. In the first three verses, he's saying, man, it used to be good with us and God but it's not, so God, please restore us. And then these last few verses, he's saying, I believe revival's coming. Guys, every place I pull up into, we open the door, we build an obstacle course, we proclaim Jesus, people are receptive to coming back to the Lord, and people are getting saved. I don't know if we're going to have this massive revival, but I'm praying for it. Amen? I'm praying for it. I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. But before I can think of it widespread, revival begins in me. This morning, as we come to a time of response, as the band makes their way uh, to lead us in a final time of worship, I want to ask you to consider where you're at with God. You see, as I said a minute ago, it's easy to go, go, go. Maybe you have your routine where you do read the Bible, you do pray, you do have some family devotion. But you maybe know there's this, you know, nagging thing from the Holy Spirit who's saying, hey, you know that attitude of yours? Let's get it in check. Maybe that nagging thing from the Holy Spirit, it's not necessarily a sin problem, but he's saying, hey, I'm calling you to do this. Do it, right? Whatever God is saying to you. If you need to, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to go here. If you need to reconcile with someone, if you've got a problem with someone and, and y'all are at odds, 
that's going to keep you from, from experiencing revival personally, in your family, church, and in the world as a whole. Let's deal with that. Whatever the Holy Spirit's saying to you, and I am listening in the same way you are, and I am convicted to my core, but I want revival. I want to be close to God because everything else leaves me empty. Everything else leaves me in a place that I don't want to be. So this morning as we stand, as we sing a song, go ahead and stand. As we stand, as we sing a song, time of response, I want to encourage you. Sometimes, uh, you know, people have what's called the, the like altar call. And uh, we've got these this cool stage going on right here. Got some good steps. There's nothing holy about it. But if you have been struggling with something and you just want to show like a sign of humility, like, hey, I've got some stuff I need to work through. Coming down here and praying doesn't make you better and, 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 you know, don't do it for attention. But if you want to do it as a symbol of humility, come down and pray. Maybe you grab your spouse and say, hey, I know we've been fighting a lot. Let's pray about it. Maybe you grab your kids and say, I just want to pray for you this summer that we'll pursue Jesus together. Nobody has to move. I'm just saying that as an option. You need to sit where you are and pray as a family. You just need to sing. And let's get ready. Because I believe God wants to bring revival. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be at church. Thank you for the opportunity to walk through the Bible. Thank you for calling us to repentance. Thank you for calling us to new life. Thank you for Bennett sharing the gospel with all of us today. That we used to be dead and then whenever we turn from sin and we believe in Jesus that we are buried and then we're raised to walk in newness of life. Thank you, God. I want to see our church, I want to see our families be right in the center of what you're doing. And I pray that we won't let anything keep us from that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to receive Jesus for the first time, I'll be hanging out right here by my family. Come tap me on the shoulder and say, I want to follow Jesus. And I'll walk you through how to do that. Let's sing. Thank you.